Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Trending Topics with BB. Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. I want to thank everybody who's tuning into this podcast. As you will see, this is another episode that is being published really quickly after the previous episode. Uh, just wanted to give you guys more content out there to listen to in terms of trending topics with BB. If you have not bookmarked bbmediaindustries.com slash trending topics with BB to find all the links to the iTunes page, Stitcher page, Podbean page, TuneIn Radio page, Player FM page, you name it, then I don't know what you're waiting on. Um, those, that's the easiest way to find every platform you could possibly want in terms of syndication of this podcast. But again, I want to thank everybody who is tuning into this podcast, who will find this podcast, who's a new listener to this podcast, who actually likes this podcast. Yes, I said that really fast, but uh, I want to thank you and shout out to you. And if you get a chance during this intro to head over to the iTunes page and leave a rating and a good comment, that would be mucho bueno, as they say in Spanish, uh, to keep this podcast going and to be found by other listeners on the iTunes realm, as well as Stitcher. If you head over to Stitcher Radio, yes, I know it's owned by Midroll. We're not going to talk about that, or we will, because I just mentioned it. Either way, uh, please leave a rating and a comment over there. That'd be helpful for finding this podcast as well. Now, the topic of this podcast continues with another interview of a DJ uh, locally here in Arizona, pri primarily in the Phoenix area. We met as being part of the Phoenix trans family. Uh, we're both trans fans, and we talk about music, we talk about trans music, we talk about uh, his beginnings and how he became to be the DJ he is now. Um, and we continue to go forth and, and talk about uh, the whole scene. So without giving any more away, I'll give you my interview with Tyler Sherman, a.k.a. DJ Munition, on Trending Topics with BB. All right, Tyler. Well, uh, thank you for joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. And as you said in the pre-show, that you are aware of my podcast and kind of who I've been interviewing as of late. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, it's great. Glad to be here. Awesome. So we have met because of the Phoenix Trans family, which is awesome. Um, yes. I was introduced to the Trans family actually because I was already in the Schultz Army. So it's kind of how I stumbled upon the community. I didn't know there was a Trans family down here. So it's nice to be oh. a part of the community. Good. But, yeah. No, it's, it's it's an exciting time. Right. So. Before we get into you as a DJ, let's talk about you and, like, your musical influences and kind of the scene here and, and what, kind of how you began to get, become a DJ. Sure. Okay. So, so I mean, initially I, I started out uh, really getting into music uh, early, the early uh, junior high, high school days, listening to a lot of melodic metal, which... Which may come as a surprise to to many. I 
I was classically trained in piano for about seven or eight years of my life and, and just kind of moved into a, the harder side with, with the, the, the awkward teenage years, but, but like in the Scandinavians in uh, bands that had often had keyboard players in there. So that's kind of where my initial music inclination came from. Uh, as, as I got older and, and, uh, more mature, I, uh, I joined a band and was, and played keyboards and synthesizer in that. It was actually called Reset Your Mind. Bunch of young kids going around in the downtown Phoenix and all these sketchy areas really helped me grow up and, and get really, at least a little more used to playing in front of a crowd, which was, uh, definitely helped with, with DJing in the future. Uh, after that, I, around 2007, I, I, uh, heard about this guy named Tiesto and he played at, played in this big venue in Copenhagen and I had just learned about YouTube and was able, I couldn't believe that I could listen to little clips of it and found a way to watch the entire DVD of him playing a three or four, I can't even remember how many hours set and instantly fell in love. It was, uh, it was a quick, uh, it was a quick, uh, What's, what's the word, um, uh, taste that I, uh, I got for trance music. And, uh, and it definitely took a little while before I realized that there were other people like me and, uh, in locally who enjoyed the same thing, especially recently. Right. And now that you brought up Tiesto, are you on the camp of missing the old Tiesto, like back when he was doing trance? Oh, oh, sure. I mean, just like one may miss old Jay-Z albums or maybe somebody misses the old Blink-182. I mean, artists change as time goes on. They're going to develop different habits and and tastes. I mean, I used to like metal music, but now I like trance music even more. Not that I don't still like, don't dislike, or I don't dislike metal music. Like, I'm sure Tiesto doesn't dislike France music, but he just has found a new interest and, and relevancy in a different style of music. And, and you can't, you can't knock him for that. It, I mean, sure that he may not play the, the style of music or produce the style of music you like anymore, but, and sure, and I definitely miss his old music. Of course, I, he made, he produced some great tracks back in the day and, and really high quality stuff for the time. But, uh, but, but it's okay. I, I mean, there's more than enough new guys coming in to satisfy my need for trance. So in terms of that, do you think that us as a community that are fans of trance music should just support what is going on right now in trance as opposed to dwelling on the past? Um, I, I tend to see, I mean, not to bad, I would never do that, but I, I have seen some negativity that may be associated with, with dwelling on, on the past. Um, I mean, the older I get, and, and I'm, and I'm just, I'm at the old, old age of 24, but so, so this is coming from even a newer, uh, someone newer to such a scene, but, Living in the moment is is so important with uh, with us getting worried about uh, hitting our midlife crisis or, or whatnot, and I just feel that that being able to do, sure, of course, have uh, intelligent, respectful, respectful conversations about the past and and what you enjoyed or may have not enjoyed, 
and and then focus on uh, what's coming up next and how you can improve your current situation or the the current scene and and I would much rather like to uh, lean on the ladder and uh, and focus on how great the trans scene is is growing in Arizona lately and, and with the the great push for uh, and popularity that trans has has gained put hold in the, this whole EDM scene you could say lately I mean I think that's what we should focus on and and really push as a group to to develop that culture in the valley and all over the world. Awesome. So to kind of go along those lines and to kind of piggyback off questions I've asked on previous episodes, do you think there's kind of a divide with those that are trans fans like ourselves with those in the so-called EDM world? Because there's been that, like, there was a talk at EDM Viz about the resurgence of trans, but a lot of us think that trans never left. So is there, where is the happy medium in, in determining that? Man, that's, I, I really think time's going to tell with, with, at least with respect to the happy medium, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that, that uh, companies like Insomniac and, and others are really pushing for, for even these larger festivals to, to showcase this music. Um, that's where you're going to get the exposure for, to all of, all of the people who are just interested or may have many interests. They may be there for the party. They may be there for their friends who got them a free ticket. They may be there for whatever, but they're, they're getting exposed to some of this and I'm, I'm just happy to see everybody getting the exposure and then making the decision for themselves. Um, it's more, I think that trance music is, is a, a little more unique. It's, it's almost been feel as an outsider, at least respect, with respect to this EDM movement. And, and you can't totally fake it either. Either you like it or you, you may not like it as much and you, you go to some other stages, but, I, I think, like you said, it's it's kind of molding, and there's a medium now of there's a spectrum at least of of fans these days, and and uh, and and I don't know, I don't think there's really a risk. I I hope that nobody would would be ex- exclusive and say, hey, no, you you we aren't going to be friendly because you, you like other styles of music as well. I mean, I I admit that I I play all sorts of music. I've uh, I initially starting out as a DJ, I got booked for weddings and sweet sixteens and high school dance parties or whatever. But you bet your ass that I was rocking all of those. I mean, trying to throw in styles of music that people aren't familiar with and uh, and can enjoy. Um, but uh, but yeah, just just be open to to other ideas and more people enjoying this this awesome style of music. Right, and I. Recently, I was talking to other members. Do you also believe that there's a type of maturity and intellectual property with people that are trans fans compared to other genres? Oh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I I can speak for what I enjoy and, and what I like, and I I love the people in the trans family. To kind of rehash the question, I would say is, after having conversations, do you think that people are more mature and more intellectual in terms of trans music, or is that yeah? 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to speak for, for in generalities there. I, I think that would be, uh, uh, wouldn't be fair to the other genres of, of fans. I, all I can say, speak for is, is myself and my experiences that, that I love, uh, all the fans that I've met for trance music. I think they're very friendly, uh, respectable, uh, and happy individuals who, uh, who respect the venues very well, respect the, the music and, and the DJs very well. Um, and I think that shows in, in events. If you just go and if you've had some experience, say even as a bouncer, I've seen this more than anything. When I play at places that are doing a trance show, they, you can see a difference with the staff. They, they know that they're not going to have issues that night. They know that people are going to be there to enjoy the music and not there to, to get really drunk, to, get in fights, things like that. And that those are very tangible uh metrics that you can see at events. Um and I think that kind of that does speak for for the fan base, but uh I wouldn't want to exclude anybody who who wants to enjoy this stuff. Right. So we kinda in a nutshell touched on how you fell in love with music and kinda came to DJ. So when did you really start DJing and kind of after doing those events you mentioned, kind of get into the sounds that you particularly like to spend? Yeah, that that took a definitely a while. I I did not start playing trance music when I first started DJing because I didn't have the opportunities to play it. I I wasn't lucky enough to start out uh, with uh, with being thrown in front of a group who would really enjoy uh, the the music that you can hear today at so many popular venues because trance music has gotten so popular. And that's really when, where I've been able to, to take that opportunity to to get radio spots and, and play trance music to a wider audience, as well as opening up for, for the DJs and producers that'll roll through town. Um, really... Uh, getting once once you hit 21 in in the valley, you you finally kind of break out of the mold. Um, it it takes it's pretty hard to to get booked regularly in these clubs, especially in Old Town Scottsdale and Mill Avenue and Tempe, until you've been at least 21. And this is coming from somebody who who I mean just lived that experience. I I'm uh, I. I mean, tried to get into those uh, very regularly before that, but, but had very little success. But once once they hit 21 and, and showed, it could show club owners, club promoters that uh, that I could play and open well for a trance act. They that that's a very unique niche. It's it's not a very well, at least it wasn't a very popular genre in the valley, and. Uh, the promoter could say, okay, what trans guys do I know and who could open up for this guy that they're, they're bringing in? And I was able to show that and and uh, and give them my sound, which really came from listening to all the podcasts, listening to uh, A State of Trance, Marcus Schultz's Global DJ Broadcast, all I mean, all the mix, obviously. Um, big fan of uh, Armada uh, sub-labels as well, so... That's where you'll you'll often hear more of my music than anything else. Right, and do you think 
from those influences and and the pioneers in the game that that's why it's continuing its popularity? Uh, yes, absolutely. It, the the style would not be what it is without those icons, uh, as as any genre, I think. Um, I I really couldn't tell you why it's getting popular, but I have no doubt that these these major heads are are major factors. Uh, Armin's Armin only shows and being able to uh, put on this weekly podcast that is so popular, being able to have these big festivals come out and and you you've always seen the, the trance presence, but not to what obviously it is today. I, but really, I mean, while we're we're talking about it, it's it's going to be, I think, mostly in the promoter's hands, mostly in these these guys throwing these larger scale events where where younger generations are open to going to all sorts of events. Hey, it's in my town. Let's go. There's nothing else to do. So even if the genre is more trance style with these dream state events, I think they're they're going to want to go and, and have the exposure and and show the popularity. Right, and in a recent interview I heard with Ferry Corson and Marcus Schultz New World Punks, they're talking, the reason Ferry Corson brought back Gorilla is because he was sick of the whole put your hands up and, and the type of, like, way EDM has changed over the years. Is Do you think, do you agree with kind of their opinion and, and why they're, why you're seeing a lot more of the aliases lately? Absolutely. I think it aliases are great. They give a DJ the ability to really flex their muscles, their creativity, and sh- and show what they truly enjoy without being without these uh, without all the fans yelling at them saying, "Oh, you're you sold out. Oh, you went too weird for me. I'm not going to listen to you." They it's great. They you can say Gorilla by Ferry Corson. I'm sorry if I, I uh, butchered that name. I, I honestly don't know completely how to pronounce it. But nonetheless, he was the best set that I heard at EDC this year. I wasn't able to go, but just hearing them um, themselves. I, as a DJ, it's I've been able to, and you can really tell, and I'm sure anyone who, who has any understanding of, of the full track, these extended set, uh, mixes, is that when an artist goes to these big events, they're, they're, we call it quick mixing. You are, you're making shorter edits with, uh, with shorter songs so you can get through them faster. These, these, uh, Artists are realizing that fans are getting spoiled, dare I say it, to where they they want drop after drop after drop, and that is definitely what the EDM wave has delivered to these uh, these patrons. They you try to get into a, a breakdown faster so you can get to another build up and where someone says yell, put your hands up, and then another bass drops. And I think, like you said, people are getting sick of that. I mean, people are starting to realize that it gets boring after a while of just the same instrumental tracks. They want full songs. They want emotion. They want melody. And I really think that's what trance can bring. Right. I agree. So going forward, how 
I'm not, I don't know if that's the right word to combat, but what I'm getting at is what do you think the, like, popularity in terms of pop music and EDM, electronic dance music as a whole, how it's come to the United States and how it's blown up and basically why you're seeing so many different genres collaborate, like bringing in, like, a Justin Bieber to Major Lazer or, you know what I'm saying, like, why do you, is there a way to keep purity to the genre that a lot of us have always loved before there was such a push? Sure. Um, yeah, that's a good question. It's, I, I think there'll always be, you're always going to have artists who are very true to the genre. They, they may not be what you hear on the radio. You, you may never hear a full six minute Perry Corson track on the radio. Well, of course, if you, listen, if you listen to my radio show on Saturdays. But uh, other than that, I I don't think they're going to be the most popular. I I honestly am so happy when you can get these collaborations to 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 bring in half or more of of a style of trance music into the the general public's ears and. And have them listen to that. That just means more exposure for trans music. And I think ultimately that is going to be the way it's going to get more popular. I, I, I don't think that that is a, a bad means to the end. I think that artists are going to do what they enjoy and express themselves the way they want. And as uh, listeners and consumers, I guess you could say, we'll respond accordingly. If, if people don't like what so-and-so is going to do with Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez or any of these pop icons, then they can say, hey, I don't like it. And that's the risk the artist takes. I I think nonetheless, people are going to listen to that music because of the names that are on the track, and they'll hear more uh, trance uh, styles of, of melody or, or drops of these one bass lines, as you may be alluding to. But but ultimately, I think it's a good thing. Right. And does it go along with just the evolution of music in general? Or do you... Yeah, think it, it, I mean, I'm I'm probably too young to be able to answer that, that question, but it's... You see that everything goes in cycles. People will get bored of these these drop, build-up drop, build-up drop sets to, to more... Uh, um, to longer drawn out um, building environments that that DJs are able to craft. You see so many of these these uh, posts by trance artists complaining about these set times and and short short uh, um, uh, periods in the in the show. Um, these main performers getting all the hype and and the openers and closers not getting any of the enjoyment. I, I think that will change with this trend. Uh, I think you're almost going to have a valley uh, versus the peak of of these drops and breakdowns. Not to say that of that trance is in any way a valley. It's it's more of just a, a new uh, style of music that people are experiencing, and they're going to want more of it. And I think, like I said, companies like Insomniac and others are going to be able to give that to them. Right. So do you think in terms of locally here in Phoenix, let's talk a little bit more 
about sure. like the trans family and what we're doing. Do you think um, the recent surge that we've seen and announcements and just like this past weekend, there was Armin and then there was Paul Oakenfold. Do you think we're going to continue to see these artists return and, and come back? I know I mentioned, I know Marcus Schultz will come back because he's the artist here, but I'm talking like other trans artists. There's, are they seeing more of support than they thought they had locally? Yeah, I I think they. That's yeah, that's that's a good question. I I know for a fact that more promoters are are booking these guys as we see, and and I've I know of many shows that are unannounced now that that will be coming out that that are even more trans related. You're seeing more of these mainstream places booking more trans artists now. Whether the the public responds or not is, is unsure. I I try to be as much as a as a optimistic person as possible, um, but I know that after seeing the videos at Paul Oakenfold, that it was pretty slow. I mean, of course, it it was Fourth of July weekend. People did want to go out and and do other other things, but but that that was a bit of a a, a sad look for me, but. Now, then again, Talking Stick is a pretty big venue to fill. But nonetheless, I think it, it, the trend is going to continue. I think trance music is going to get larger. I don't know what to what extent. I'm not going to hedge that bet. But uh, I'm I'm extremely happy to see the Phoenix Trance family growing. Uh, all of the support that I've been able to to receive and see with playing trance music in these clubs and uh, we're going to see a lot more names come through Phoenix. That's awesome. So you mentioned your radio show, which I listen to, obviously. So back, I originally got into music. I'm a native Arizonan, so I originally got into the, you know, electronic dance music as a whole, like Paul's and Golden Marks and stuff, because there used to be radio stations that primarily played electronic dance music as a whole. But oh, then sure. they all disappeared and everything went to the Internet. Do you think it's a possibility? I think your radio show is great. Do you think there's going to be more terrestrial radio coming back in the scene, or do you think everybody's going to stay stick to the serious XM or whatever's online, like the TI FM and all? Yeah, I I really think I mean that being a great thing that it is. It gives that opportunities for so many more satellite shows. Um, I, I think that it likely will stay more to, to satellite. I I think companies like iHeartRadio are getting so large to where they have such a big influence on these local radio stations that they will stick to that unless lar- other large key players take up this this scene, take up this movement of. And I mean, really, it's going to start with EDM more than anything because it is still the largest. Um, but but. That doesn't mean I'm not going to try to combat that with my own show. Um, and and uh, for those listeners who don't know, it's uh, it's, it's the shame, shameless plug. Uh, it's on uh, my my radio show is weekly on Saturday nights on 88.7 FM, The Pulse, from uh, from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And and I you'll if you tune in, you will hear that. You will hear me combating the the larger companies like IR Radio who will stick to what's safe. Um, where I'll get to be able to play 
really they've given me at the Pulse the, the freedom to play really whatever I want, which I've been very thankful for, um, starting with with the current top mixes with house music. It's the first hour and then second hour moving into more progressive and, and France style, uh, which I, I've gotten some great feedback so far, and I, I hope it's, as the show progresses I – I uh, can get more feedback to, to really push that sound in a later night, Saturday night thing. Right. So in terms of the future, what do you think? I mean, we're obviously seeing a growth now. Do you think this type of rate of growth of the Phoenix trans scene and house and techno and whatever it may be, in the future in the Arizona area? I do. I Going to shows and hearing, like, the techno, hearing the the more original house sound, hearing the trance music, you see a difference in the crowds. You see, you get a different feel and vibe of the environment you're in. That may have always been around, but now that they're, these artists are being booked more often, you get to see it firsthand uh, in, in the, today's market. When uh, when you go into the crowds, it's, it definitely is not the same. Oh, how did uh, I'm trying to remember the, the the show I listened to? Anthony Bourdain put it: um, the the kingdom of douchebaggery. In at, when he uh, went to Las Vegas at Marquee uh, Marquee Nightclub in the Cosmopolitan and, and experience this EDM scene for the first hand of, of guys and girls who, who may not really have the experience of what the music they're listening to, but they know they love it and they know that their friends love it, so they're going to rock out to it. And it's it's uh, definitely a different style of obviously dancing and uh, just other physical body expressions than what those who really – uh, you know, have a true heart for the music they're listening to. Not to bash any any particular fan, but the fact that at a techno show you'll see real clubbing, dancing music styles and dancing styles again. Uh, you'll see people who aren't necessarily doing the, the uh, prepubescent teen grinding moves anymore, and they'll they're really actually enjoying the music. Right. Well, I think we've covered the gamut um, in terms of kind of how we met and, and where we think the trance scene is going in Arizona. Um, you just plugged the radio show. Where else can we find you online? So uh, so all socials, as always, uh, I'm at DJ uh, Munition. Munition is what I go by, kind of like ammunition, M-U-N-I-C-I-O-N. Um all, basically all socials you can find. I, I've been posting the radio show uh, up weekly on my Mixcloud as well, which you can find from all my socials. And uh, and I'm more than happy to to make sure that everybody can hear it, even if they don't want to stay up till 11 p.m. on a Saturday or already out somewhere and, and miss it. But to get an idea for this style of music we call Tramp and uh, – and hopefully they will enjoy it as much as you and I do. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me on my podcast. And obviously we will see each other probably. Are you, are you going to Gabriel and Dresden? Oh, you know I will be. 
Okay, and then I'll see you on Friday. And to those listeners tuned in, please check out everything that TJ Munition is doing, and we will tune in again, and thanks again for joining me. Great. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on. All right. Bye-bye.